there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. got my tea today because i'm getting i got a little tickle from oh no from the cedars oh okay because it's really high right now well as long as it's just cedar pollen and not one of the 32 illnesses that's going around no i i hope that i'm i have some type of immune booster from being sick over thanksgiving or after thanksgiving that i'm like however when i went into the orthopedic doctor the other day, mm-hmm. it was at a hospital, and I was like, nope. <laughs> I donned that mask real quick. Dude, that's where I, I know I got the flu from going into a doctor's office. Yeah. I know I did. Yeah. A hundred percent, I know I did. Yeah. That's what I was like. And that's you telling me that. I was like, I'm not going mm-hmm. into a doctor's office, no. hospital, anything without a mask. No. Because I already had the COVID. I don't need the flu. No. I don't want to be sick like that again. That was gross. I mean, same. I had a, sh- I got a flu <clears throat> shot, but still, it's making people super sick. Mm-hmm. 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 <sighs> it truly is. Fuck the flu season. Yeah, it's bad right now. Yeah. So. Okay. Are we, are we recording? Yeah. Cool. Um. So what's been going on, Shan? I mean, <laughs> life. Hey, welcome to 2023. Life. Welcome. I thought 2023 was going to be a party. It's not. Oh, turns why, out. <laughs> why did you set that expectation? It turns out 2023 is still the, the overflowing dumpster from 2022. I mean, I, I learned a long time ago to have no expectations. Mm. I need if to I learn. did, I'm stupid to have them. I need to learn. <laughs> I need Boy. to do better. Just saying. So I have to tell you. We went to the Oklahoma City Philharmonic last night. Oh. It was wonderful. That's fun. It was. We were front row. <gasps> so we got to look up at all of the beautiful violins and the cellos and the bass. And there was a harp. Okay. And then all of the, you know, the rest of the orchestra, wind, woodwinds and the the percussion, all those things. They had a choir that sang with them at one point. Okay. They had ballet dancers, and then they had an opera singer. It was amazing. That's fun. It was so much fun. Where was this at? At, at the, the Civic, Civic Center? Mm-hmm. The Civic mm-hmm. Center. I love the Civic Center. I'm just saying, like, if you ever have a chance to do, like, date night and just go, you know, go support the local arts, go to the Philharmonic, man. They're good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Highly recommend. Yeah. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 would go again. Heck yeah. We've already <laughs> talked about it. Taking the girls. Mm-hmm. 10 so out of 10 would yeah. attend. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love stuff like that. Me too. Giving a little class yeah. to OKC. You know, and before each show, they give a lecture on what to expect during the show. Okay. And kind of go over music appreciation type of lecture. It's amazing. 
It was awesome. That's nice. Mm -hmm. It was cool. Yep. So you can get there a little early and go and sit in on the lecture with the conductor. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Who who knew? I've been to a bunch of um, musicals and stuff there, but I've never been to the Philharmonic. Yeah. Definitely go. It's fun. Okay. I like it. So. Love that for you. Just something to do, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna try new things in 2023. Okay. You do that. New experiences. You do that. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't do anything without me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try not to. Okay. 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 Um, do you want to do some true crime today? I do. Because I found a really interesting story. Oh, really? From way back in the swing and 60s. Oh, <gasps> yes. It's kind of bananas. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled across it by accident, like literally was doing work for my actual job that pays my bills. No. And this person has the same name. So when I was Googling this person that I was looking for, for my job, um, all of these news articles started coming up about this case from the 60s. What? Yeah. It was really weird. So then, obviously, I forgot what I was doing for work mm-hmm. and was like, what? What happened now? Yeah. What's going on? You went down the rabbit hole. I went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> And I uh, kind of, uh, what's the past of forsake? Anyway, I forgot my work. Forseek. Forsought. <laughs> Forsought. I don't know what the past is. I don't either. Are. I'm just making up words. I'm just making up shit as I go along. That's what I have done my whole life. <laughs> so we're going to talk about... The murders of Betty and Cynthia Pratt. Okay. Okay. Sounds interesting. So, Betty is the mom. Cynthia is a seven-year-old daughter. Oh. Yeah. Okay. In the 60s, they are living in Stillwater. Okay. And it's the husband, Charles Pratt, Betty, who's the mom, again, and Cynthia, who's seven. In 1966. Got it. Okay. Okay. So late in the evening on February 22nd, 1966, Charles, Betty, and Cynthia have a late dinner after Charles had worked out of town all day. And then after dinner, he went into town to get a flat tire fixed. Okay. All right. He would arrive back home around 8.30 p.m. When he arrived back home, he finds his wife draped over a lawn mowing machine in their garage. And she is bleeding profusely from a slashed throat. Oh, no. Okay? Yep. So he immediately goes into the house where he finds his daughter on her bed in the home with her throat cut, too. Also in the room 
with Cynthia is a 15-year-old neighbor boy. What? Yeah. Is he holding a knife? So, no, but close. Jesus. So Charles sends him next door to get help from another neighbor to, what? like, call call for an ambulance, call, like, help. He's trying to save his daughter. His wife was already obviously deceased. Right, but why is the 15 – I know you're going to tell me why the 15-year-old was there, but I would have – just me – personally would have seen a boy in my seven-year-old daughter's room and would have automatically assumed he was the one that did it and just like would you pummel him to death or would you try to save your seven-year-old no i'd want to save my seven-year-old but yeah so he he thought he was like okay we're gonna kill two birds with one stone right now i'm gonna take care of the seven-year-old you're gonna go next door and get the cops and the ambulance and then we're going to all meet back here together. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. So it it was it was a thing. What? It was a thing. So he sends him next door for help. Um Charles is literally trying to hold the blood in his daughter's oh, neck baby. to keep her heart beating. So Cynthia, the daughter, is rushed to the hospital in Tulsa undergoes emergency surgery throughout the night and eventually dies early in the morning, February 23rd. Okay. Okay. So like you said, there's a kid in the room. It's, there's a bloody knife on the dresser. It's all like super cut and dry. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So a little information on this neighbor. Um, at the time, like I said, he's 15 years old. Jesus. And his name is Walter Herman Adrian. He is a German transplant. His mother is German and his father was a U.S. GI. Okay. So his father was killed overseas uh, a few years before this and the family moved to Oklahoma. Wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So at 15 years old, this kid stood 6'2 and 260 pounds. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He um, was a big boy. I mean, some of the kids now, they, they're 6'2, but they're like 95 pounds soaking wet. So, a uh, damn. Yeah. And this was in 66. One of them corn-fed boys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the day of the murders, he had been over earlier, like earlier in the evening, to borrow a wrench from the Pratts. He was outside working on a scooter. So um, they were like, oh, well, he was over earlier in the day. And then, you know, they're starting to like develop a theory about what happened right okay so immediately when the police get there and they're looking at the scene the bodies have been removed and all of that um he's taken into custody so he stated that he entered into the pratt home after seeing mrs pratt in the garage bleeding he saw a bloody knife on the steps between the house and the garage and picked it up 
taking it into the bedroom of Cynthia, who he was checking on. Mm-hmm. He then set the knife down on top of a dresser in her room when he discovered her there with her throat also slashed. Mm-hmm. And that just happened to be the same time that Mr. Pratt came home. Okay. Yeah. The knife that we're talking about here is an eight-inch butcher knife. Jesus. Yeah. And it did not come from the Pratt home. Okay? Okay. So, immediately he's in custody. The prosecutors for the county are like, we can't really prosecute him for murder as an adult because he's only 15. So, they charge him with juvenile delinquency. (laughs) In order to hold him. Okay. And send him to a state mental hospital for 90 days. Okay? Right. For observation. Alrighty. (sighs) During this time frame, they determine that he is capable of standing trial as an adult. Oh. Okay, so they certify him as an adult. He's charged with murder, but for Betty only. Not for Cynthia. Um, but why? <laughs> and this charge of murder is a capital murder charge. So it would be a death penalty case. Right. All right. With a 15-year-old. This doesn't happen anymore, but um, yeah. this is what they did. Yeah. So they arraigned him as an adult for the murder in July of 1966. So this is like five months after the murder. Right. A few months later, in mid-October, they're ready for trial. They're like, we're going to trial. We're set. They're ready. Like, they they have Mm -hmm. everything they need. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And from what I can tell, uh, the kid, the 15-year-old kid, Adrian, had a pretty decent court-appointed defense attorney. So, this defense attorney was, like, doing all the shit. He was trying to find any other plausible uh, suspect, I guess you could say. Right. Which is his job, right? Right. So there was an article published in July of 1966 where the defense attorney, his name was Chilton Swank. Love that. Love that for him. Love that name. He was checking into the possibility that a man named Richard Speck could have been in Oklahoma in February of 66. So, if you'll dig down deep into your true crime mm-hmm. encyclopedia with me. I was going to say, how do we know Richard Speck? Yep. Speck was an absolute piece of human garbage. Of course. Just absolute trash. Right. He killed eight nurses in an apartment in Chicago. Yes. Back in July of 66. Okay. Yep. And one of them got away. Yeah. So (gasps) when Chilton Swank, the defense attorney, heard, because this case was like nationwide, the nurse uh, massacre. When Chilton Swank heard about these nurses getting murdered in Chicago in July of 66, he was like, the description of how the murders were done and stuff like that, he was like, it sounds similar enough 
to these murders that it at least warrants a look. So he went all the way to fucking Chicago. Oh, wow. Okay. And talked to like um, authorities in Chicago and sort of described the murder scene in Stillwater and the circumstances and everything. And they, he essentially was trying to find out if it's possible that Richard Speck could have been in Oklahoma at the time. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that was the article. This attorney is looking into a Speck connection. Okay. Regardless, the trial went on and it began in on Halloween, October 31st, 1966. Okay. Jesus. Okay. So they seat a jury of three women and nine men in the county. And let me tell you what, when I am reading newspaper articles about this trial, they name every fucking juror and where they're from. (laughs) Of course. Because they were like, Betty Sue Nelson or whatever is serving on the jury and she's from Cushing. Like, all this shit. Oh, yeah. And they're just straight. I'm like, why don't you just give their home addresses? You know what I mean? They don't need to in the small towns. You just go to the small town and ask. Like, you have, you, I was like, I was shook, dude. Privacy was not a thing. I was shook. They had 12 people plus the two alternates. Mm Mm-hmm. That were on this capital murder trial. They were super proud of them to for fulfilling their civic duty <laughs> that they wanted everyone to know. I was like, uh-huh. what the uh-huh. fuck? Are you kidding me? Can you imagine? <gasps> I would be like, I'm not serving on a jury. Those people are going to print my name and where I'm from. No, thank you. Especially something like that. Yeah. No, thank Ooh. you. So... If that just blew my fucking mind. These old <laughs> these old newspapers, I'm like, what were y'all doing back then? They were trying to get the story, Shan. I it was bananas. It was a cutthroat business. <laughs> it was bananas. <laughs> anyway, so the trial started and the prosecution starts presenting that this is their narrative. That Adrian had gone into the Pratt home. For a nefarious purpose. That was that was what they said. For a nefarious purpose. I think they were insinuating that he went in to either like molest the seven-year-old or rape the uh rape Mrs. Pratt or whatever. Right. Went in with a nefarious purpose. Okay. He tussled with Mrs. Pratt, ultimately slicing her across the throat multiple times. Jesus. Her wounds looked like she fought like hell, and there was a, quote, tremendous struggle over the knife. Mm. Her arms were wounded, and she had puncture wounds in her legs and feet where it appeared a dog had bitten her. Okay. What? Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to hear about a dog? Like, Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. This so, story is, okay. It's fucking bananas, it right? Is. Yeah, yeah. Um... So, they went on to say, Cynthia appeared to have been easily overpowered and had one slash across her neck from ear to ear. Oh. Okay. So, that was the prosecution's essentially entire presentation. 
that he was present at the scene. Therefore, it was him. But there really wasn't anything else. Okay? Okay. So, the defense really did, like, a shit ton of work on this case. So, Adrian's story originally was that he simply came over due to hearing the Pratt's dog barking. And he had his own dog on a leash at the time. And the dog was, like, pulling him to the Pratt's residence Mm. where he found the bodies. Okay? Okay. And the defense attorney went one step further. So we remember he went to Chicago to look at the whole Richard Speck angle. He was able to determine that Richard Speck would have been traveling between Dallas, Texas and Chicago during the time the murder occurred. He stated that he nailed down that Speck was in Cushing, Oklahoma, which is 30 minutes south of Stillwater on February 22nd. Uh, and I was like, damn. Oh, shit. So, mm. I mean, and then he went into how the circumstances of the cases with the Chicago nurses had similar wounds yeah. to the Pratt family and all that. So, shit. the defense leaned really, really heavily. On the fact that the police did not do an investigation at all. Right. The kid was there. They arrested him. And then he sat in jail for eight months until trial. Right. And they really didn't do an investigation into any sort of motive. There really was not a whole lot of physical evidence tying this kid to the actual murders. Right. Um. Just yeah. because he was there, yeah, he was guilty, and it basically. sort of, it sort of took a turn when Charles Pratt, the husband and father, was brought onto the stand to testify, and the defense attorney uh, started bringing up, well, like you have these other kids from a previous marriage that didn't like your wife at all. And it was, like, not a secret Oh, that there was bad blood between your chil- your other children and your current family. What? Yeah. So he starts bringing this all up while Charles Pratt is on the stand. And he's like, uh, why do you think the police didn't investigate this as a possible motive for murder? And this, that, and the other. So he's bringing up, like, all of these secondary options for a suspect. And over the course of five days, and I think they said 22 witnesses' testimony, um, it finally ended on November the 4th, 1966. It lasted a whole whopping five days. And they were like, so we're done here. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see. I want to know how this turns out. Okay. Well, how do you think it turned out? Well. What would be your guess? Just because I like to think on the little pessimistic side when it comes to situations like this where because he was there, he's obviously guilty. 
He's also um, not a native Oklahoman. Yeah. I think they found him guilty. But that's just me being pessimistic. I'm hoping that the defense attorney... The defense attorney did enough to where he could bring in doubt. Uh-huh. And they couldn't prove reasonable doubt. So I could see it ending in a mistrial. But in 66, when... How long have these people lived in Stillwater? Okay, so the Pratt family, not only was uh, Mrs. Pratt, Betty Betty Pratt, uh, was her family a very um, powerful family, prominent. powerful, prominent ranching family. Okay. Uh, Mr. Pratt also was too. Like he uh, worked at Oklahoma State University. He was, they were... Not famous, but they were um, very well known in the town. In the they community. were they were well known, and they were not just well known in Stillwater. They were well known in Oklahoma. Okay, what about the fifteen year old? I mean, he his mom is a immigrant German widow, yes, essentially right. that did not speak English. Okay, so my mind. I'm sorry, just thinking back to those times. Um, I really think they went ahead and found him guilty, anyways. But please tell me. Okay, so <laughs> he was actually acquitted okay. of the murder of Betty. Nice. Um, the jury was not able to convict him, mm-hmm. and they released him back to the custody of his mother. Okay. Who said in multiple newspaper interviews, she was like, we're fucking out of here. Mm-hmm. We are going back to Germany, because mm-hmm. fuck all this. Right. Right, right, right. So... They never pursued charges against him for the death of Cynthia. They have never pursued charges against anyone else for either of the deaths. What? Either of them. So investigation was, this this kid did it, jury said he was... And they were like, well, well, so guess that's it. Yeah. I guess we failed, boys. Didn't get this one. Yeah. Instead of, okay, let's... And now it's just a cold case. What? Now it just sets... It literally sets as, like... So, you know, our friends over at Oklahoma Cold Cases... Uh Uh-huh. They have a whole database of cold cases. It sets as, like, a two-sentence description. Jeez. In the cold case website. So, um, yeah. A a 30-year-old mother and a 7-year-old girl with their throat slit... Mm-mm. And either Stillwater Police did not do a good enough investigation to wrap it up and tie it up in a bow. Yeah. Or he was not the one. Right. And he just happened onto the scene. Correct. Which I get both both are possible, right? I mean, it when, makes sense that he would be the one. It does. But why wouldn't you wrap it up and tie it in a bow? But also, too... At 15, are you of sound mind enough when you are caught at a murder scene help, when you're caught doing anything wrong, that you're going to run and get help? Or are you just going to take the fuck off? I mean, for me, I'm a hard no and I'm getting out of there. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you were busted doing something, And I'm doing certainly anything, not picking up a bloody knife that's laying on the ground. Right. At all. 
That's but here's here's the thing. They were not able to place this knife from the Pratt household as being from the Pratt household. Did they try to place it? From did the- they try to pl- place it in this kid's household? Did they look at knife sets from his home to see if any of, you know, did they, they were missing at, a butcher knife? Did they look at knife sets from his previous family's home, from Pratt's previous family? Yeah, like... Th- nothing? It, no. And there was nothing. Um, it appears, and this could have just been, like, good media spin or whatever, but it really appears that the majority of the investigative work that was done on this trial was done by the defense attorney. Oh, my God. Because he was like, what about these other people? And they're like, this kid did it. They're we like, don't this need kid to. was at the scene at the time. He's guilty. It's him. Therefore, he's guilty. Yeah. Well, sh- <laughs> and if, and also, if you're a 15-year-old kid who's just slashed the throat of two females, mm-hmm. and dad walks in the room while you're in the room with a knife next to you. Yeah, you're not going to Aren't go- you just going to kill dad, too, and roll out, or well, that's what? what like- either that, you're either going to kill dad, or you're going to run away. You're not going to run across the street for help. And get help. Yeah. You're, I want to, I, like, I ha- like, I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about. You're, you're, um, you're, oh, God, what is the word I'm trying to say? Your ability to be- um, a sociopath, psychological, you know, like- yeah, it doesn't Zero take killer. a break. It it doesn't, and I don't think it's that formed or that well formed at fifteen that you that you know enough to be like, oh, if I pretend like I'm helping, they won't think I did it. Like I don't right, think they still know you were standing in the bedroom, right? Yeah. So I don't think he knew. I'll make myself look innocent by going to get help. No. And everybody, so I know, like, people always say stuff, but everyone, every neighbor, every teacher, every uh, person that interacted with this kid, they were like, he was a good kid, and he was, like, a really hard worker, and Mm -hmm. he helped his mom, and he took care of his mom, and respected his mom, and all this stuff, and uh, even teachers from Stillwater High School were like, we can't wait for this to be over and for him to come back to class and stuff like that. Like no one was low key thinking this kid was a killer right. at all, except right. the police because he was at the scene. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could see how they would think it was him, but then after more evidence is discovered, then yeah, it's just crazy, but I'm, uh, so curious, whatever happened to Chilton, old Chilton, what was his last name? Chilton Swank. Chilton yeah. Swank. Chilton Swank. Um, because he was a court-appointed attorney. The family was not wealthy enough. Wealthy, to afford, yeah. and they w- were not retaining, like, a high-powered attorney. He right. was a court-appointed defense attorney but that was make, put into place for this kid. They don't make him like they used to. No. <laughs> I don't think. No. I don't think they'd go to that great of an extent now. No. No offense if you're a defense attorney. Yet, no, I think their caseload is yeah. fucking ridiculous Case and they don't get so compensated. Long, exactly. You don't have the resources or no. the means to. Nobody's getting compensated but, enough to take a trip to Chicago to find out about Richard Speck. But kudos to you if you do it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, this was like 
so bananas. Mm-hmm. And I only stumbled across it because I was looking up somebody else by a similar name. And it was just like, did you mean this from 1966? And I was like, I didn't. But, but now, now I, I do. Because. <laughs> Let me just read a little more. Shit like this is That's insane. crazy. Yeah. It was. I, I, I want. Okay, this is what I want. I want this to be a To Kill a Mockingbird style movie. Oh. Because this is, I mean. To Kill a Mockingbird? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Can you not see it? Black and white. (laughs) Black and white. Your Honor, this is nonsense. Um, Yeah, I can see it now. Thank you. Thank you for putting that. Sir, do you believe that the police did an adequate investigation into the death of your wife and your daughter? No. No, I do not. I mean, that kid was standing in my daughter's room, so maybe. You know? Yeah. Like, can you not see it? Yeah. It was 1966. There was no snow on the ground because it's Oklahoma. <laughs> right? <laughs> or in 66. I don't know. They had some hellacious snowstorms back then. I guess. But I can, like... When I was reading all of the old-timey newspapers, Mm -hmm. I was just, like, cinematically thinking about how this is going going to unfold. Producer, podcast producer Shanna is already producing. Because it opens. What would it be? be? Um, Murder in the... Man. I don't know, but, I mean... I, like, it opens with Walter Herman Adrian standing in the bedroom of seven-year-old Cynthia Pratt. A bloody knife is laying on the dresser next to him as he stares at her in disbelief. Like, yeah. Dad comes in. Yeah. Dad runs in. Sends him to go get, yeah. go get help. Dad is and scene next scene yeah scene two starts in scene the two, hospital walter herm and adrian is sitting in the living room of the pratt home while police interrogate him without a parent without present out an adult present yeah like i can see it all in my brain and i need somebody to make this movie in black and white in black and white Mm-mm-mm. yeah shan i know we need to see this movie i know it's bananas, right? Yeah. So anyway, I'll put uh, – I've been really lacking on our social media, and I apologize. It's okay. You have a lot on your plate right now. <sighs> I keep meaning to put stuff up on our Instagram every mm-hmm. week, and I've just really been falling down on the job. It's okay. But I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to get my life together. Okay. I believe in Soon. you. Soon. <laughs> I believe in you, Shan. Soon. Um, so I'll put pictures up of Cynthia Pratt and Betty May Pratt. Okay. Um, so you can see what they looked like in 1966. And if I can find a picture of Walter Herman Adrian, too. Yeah. And see, maybe you can help Shan come up with who would play um, those roles in the... In the 2023 blockbuster blockbuster crime noir that is, I'm trying to think, 
corn-fed boy. <laughs> no, not nope. it. That's not it. Okay, no, that, uh-huh. that ain't it. Um, no. Well, you know De- what? We'll we'll marinate on that. Yeah, like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's got a. It just is such a good story. Yes, like not a good story. People died, but it is an interesting story that takes you all the way from like the moment that something went sideways mm-hmm. all the way to the time of acquittal. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what just happened? Yeah. Cause the defense attorney did more work investigating the crime than the police. Yeah. It's very much a, a what is it? What's that movie? Was it with Matt Damon and Danny DeVito? Or was that Matthew McConaughey? I can't remember where they were ambulance chasers. Oh, <gasps> Oh, yeah, that was a really good movie. Is that Matt Damon? Mm. Matthew McConaughey? Doesn't matter. One of the Matts. Um, I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. Doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Helping the helping the little guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I could, I wish, I wish my brain was that fast that I could just spit out titles. Just quickly. I mean, who who even makes titles of movies anyway? Um, the people that make movies. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Murder in the Heartland, but I think that one's already taken. Yeah, mm, we'll marinate on that for yeah. a while. Sweet baby Cynthia. Oh, mm. I don't know. Oof. Sleep, sleep tight, my darling. I don't know. Ooh, she was found in her bed. Ooh. Is that bad? This is going south. It is. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that was that. Yes, that was amazing. That was that one. You're so good at finding these stories, Shan. Just a by accident. Uh, I. It's like the heavens aligned. It truly is. All the stars were in alignment. It truly is. With this full moon that we've got going. <laughs> You're right. So. Yeah. And so. Mercury's in retrograde, so we need all the help we can get. It's true. It's true. Mercury's in the microwave. And just, you know, we all need a little extra sage in our life right now. Mm. So it's much. fine. It's fine. Well, that's that. Yep. Thanks, anyway, Shan. Thanks, Shay. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at you're doing fine. Okay. Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore. Okay. Underscore pod.